Welcome to another episode of Subo Tours. It is officially Oscar season. We are well into the time of the year when we are going to be watching a whole ton of dramas because the Academy has released their list of nominated films. We are your hosts. I'm Misha. I'm Mai. And I'm Anjo. And today we are God talking about. Queen. Whoa. What the hell, man? <laughs> today we are talking about. Can you park your colonial ass over there? Oh All my right. god. <laughs> Today we are going to be talking about the latest. Well, it's kind of a biopic, but it's a little bit more whimsical than that. We will go into it in detail after our intro. We are talking, of course, about Spencer starring Kristen Stewart. Playing the late Princess Diana, Princess of Wales. So how does she do? Let's find out. Alright, so today we're going to be talking about Spencer. This is something that we've been holding on to just because we were expecting the lead actress to get nominated for an Academy Award. Oh yeah. This is not your usual kind of biopic. It is directed by... This is directed by Pablo Lorraine, <laughs> also directed Jackie. And no, okay? So he's no stranger to this whole genre of going into the heads of strong women in positions of power where there's a lot of pressure, a lot of expectation. So tell us, what did you guys think of this? I thought you were going to say Jackass at first. Like, directed Jackass? (laughs) That would be kind of awesome if he did. (laughs) Like, if you directed Jackass and then you make a movie like Spencer, like, wow, that's you. You are amazing. You are some sort of genius. (laughs) Okay, but... (laughs) Sorry. It's like when you found out that J.J. Abrams created Felicity. (laughs) With Matt Reeves. Now my brain hurts. Okay, now go back to Spencer. What do you think about this? Kirsten Stewart as Princess Diana. Go. It's funny that you did mention the word whimsical to kind of describe it. But was it really whimsical? It was disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, it, <laughs> it was quite whimsical. The opposite of whimsical. <laughs> it was whimsical like Black Swan is whimsical. Nope. Yes. yes. That's, that's, that's the perfect analogy Okay, for it. there you go. That's a more complete and more concrete idea of what... <laughs> What yeah. we got ourselves into. Um, come to think of it, because when you say whimsical, you're thinking like something nice and floaty and airy with butterflies yeah. and like, like princesses and mm-hmm. rainbows. Yeah. But fuck, this is the Narnia complete is opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is more like descent into madness kind of thing. You know what I mean? This is absolutely probably one of the toughest films I've seen recently. Mm-hmm. Like considering the movies I've been watching coming off from the Christmas season and of course the superhero movies that just recently came out. Well, this was like one hell of a character study. It's like we don't really, we don't usually um, make it a point to actually watch all of the Oscar-nominated films for this podcast, at least. Well, sometimes we do it personally, sometimes we don't. But this is like what really signaled me watching this was like, okay, it's Oscar season because uh, these are the movies coming out. These are the movies that are picking up a lot of buzz. So that 
was kind of my signifier to like get myself into the mindset of probably expecting to watch more of these dramas in the long run if I do want to keep up with whatever's nominated for the Oscars. Yes. Yes. And honestly, this is this could very easily be like if this was a stage play, I could easily imagine it as a one-woman play because Kirsten Stewart carries the whole thing and she does so magnificently, letting us into the head of Diana and where she's at. So it's not it's not like it's not like based on a true story uh, where it's all like a factual biographical representation of events. It's a lot mm-hmm. of little things, little stories, little anecdotes that they all compressed into a three-day Christmas weekend with her royal in-laws and basically how that would drive somebody nuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually grew up knowing what was going on with Princess Diana, at least towards the latter part of her life because my mom was a huge fan. She would always watch the news and see what's been going on with Princess Diana and her tragic life. Or She's always also had this fascination for the... Um, the British royalty and all the drama that came with it and also how she ended up dying in a tragic accident. That was all over the news at the time in that mm-hmm. um, part mm-hmm. of the 90s. Like John Elton John even had a song about her, which was also topping the charts at the moment, if you do remember Candle in the Wind kind of yep. time. Yep. So um, I just want to start things off like by saying that this is probably not the kind of movie slash biopic my mom would have enjoyed watching because she knew the facts. Especially if you probably knew what was happening or maybe you you watch The Crown or you are very well versed in the royal family. This is not a play-by-play of events like the usual biopics. Not at all. This is like <laughs> a zoom in into her psyche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's funny how you mentioned The Crown because it's just so very different because I expected something of The Crown but mm-hmm. you know but it's you're right. It's just one iteration of of what could have been going on through her head during mm-hmm. that very troubling time in in her life. And you know, like this movie was just so perfectly crafted from the acting to the camera work to the overall editing and you know the the actual texture of how the imagery looked like. I, mm-hmm. I feel like it deserves than more than it deserves more than. You know, more than just the best actress, not just, you know, it, it, it was a great story. I mean, it was a great story. It had a great performance and the image, the imagery looked, looked fantastic in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It, it, it looked like I was watching something on, you know, on during the 90s. because That's how the imagery looked, looked like. It didn't even so, look so HD. And exactly what you guys said, how, um, you know, it's not, it's nothing like the crown. This is really more about, um, this is about essentially, this is her descent into madness. And the film doesn't pull any punches in that regard. It shows us this fractured, broken woman who's just trying to hold everything together. And it was actually uh, made up of a lot of little stories told by bodyguards, by staff, by, by you know chefs, maids, all of these people who worked with the royal family over the years. Um, it just so happened that it takes all those little stories and has them all take place over three days just to show us the intense pressure that she was under trying to enter into this, this, this rigid... Um, um, this rigid um, family with its traditions and its rules and, you know, and how she just did not fit in. Hence not being nominated in the BAFTAs. 
princess. Ooh. They gotta be. They, they really tea. take care of their royals. Shady, shade, shade. The tea. <laughs> no BAFTA for Kristen Stewart. Well, maybe part of it's anything. the fact that, you know, she does not have an authentic English accent, but I mean, Welsh accent. <laughs> maybe that was, the, that was the only <laughs> issue I had was like, every time I feel like she's going to lose the accent, she speaks faster. <laughs> Uh, but, but to be fair, to be fair, I think that I mean I really I never felt that I was looking at Kristen Stewart for the most part. Yes. No, it was like, honestly, it was like this is your your you don't look exactly like her, mm-hmm. but you're imbibing the spirit of this character that you're playing. So I'm I'm all in for this. You know how during uh, when movies start promoting, especially biopics, um, the press loves to release, you know, first look of this person as this person in latest biopic. So, you know, they love releasing these um, promotional images to show how much this actor has been transformed into whoever they're supposed to be playing. When I first saw the photos of Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana, I was like, Okay, it's it's not let's say Freddie Mercury. It's not Rami Malek, yeah. Freddie Mercury. It's not yeah, that was that was scary. Yeah, it's not um, Sebastian Stan and um, Pamela Anderson. What what uh, Sebastian Stan was playing? Um, Tommy the new Lee. biopic, yeah, Tommy, Tommy Lee. Lee. Yeah, the, the the new biopic that's coming out. Like the, the press, like had a field day over that because showing their transformation and stuff because you can barely recognize them. Yeah, for Kristen Stewart, was like. Yeah. For Kristen Stewart, I was like, it's still Kristen Stewart. In, she's still blonde. <laughs> in a different hairstyle, I guess. And a shoulder pads. Wearing one, yeah. Shoulder pads. <laughs> shoulder pads. pads. <laughs> it, was the, it was the 80s, speaks. you know. <laughs> yeah. And like those big British hats. And that was it. I was like, when I saw the photos, like, okay. I was, I was hoping it was the iconic revenge dress. If you remember that full revenge dress, the off-the-shoulder um, blue mm-hmm. dress. But it wasn't that. So I was a little bit disappointed. But my expectations were like totally shattered when I finally saw it and saw her as the actor. Because she was playing Diana through and through. Yep. She didn't yep. look like her, but the vibe. She passed the, the vibe check. <laughs> as the Gen Zers would say, the, the vibe check. There was like only maybe one instance where I honestly felt that where, where I felt I felt that I was looking at Kristen Stewart and not Princess Diana. And that's only because there was a mirror behind her shoulder and it showed the other side of her face that wasn't facing the camera. And that's the only time I saw the illusion break. Mm-hmm. Because the rest of the time, I, I, I didn't see Kristen Stewart mm-hmm. in this movie. I saw a woman who was just holding on by her fingernails, trying to keep everything together. Because we've talked about this. Christmas is a hella stressful time. And what more when you're Ooh, with your me. in-laws... Yeah. And they're as, you know, as rigid and unforgiving in their routines, in their traditions as this one. I mean, look at it this way. They're so they're more concerned with sticking to their tradition and their routine than they are um, looking after this woman's clearly, clearly messed up psyche. For God's sake, the woman publicly had issues with her bulimia. But they still made her go through that stupid holiday tradition. I apologize. I'm probably offending somebody. Their holiday tradition where they weigh everybody who enters the house. To, because you got to weigh at least three pounds more when you leave. So we know you had a good time. I'm like, what the actual hell? The woman has bulimia. You want her to get heavier? Ugh, that, that, that's like a messed up tradition. 
Oh, there's like, just so many things messed up in this movie. That's true. I mean, but, like, alam mo yung yun yung bubongad sa You're about to enter this already taxing tradition mm-hmm. or cele- mm-hmm. celebration, quote unquote. And you started off by fucking weighing yourself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, given you don't have bulimia, it's already terrible. But you add that to it, makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, or, there's just so many things that are just disturbing in this movie. Like, yep. For anybody who is not familiar, um, Princess Diana married into the royal family um, when she married Prince Charles in 1981. And over the course of their 11, 12-year marriage, um, it, cracks would begin to show, especially after the first five years or so, where people began to notice that they were spending more and more time apart, that she looked exhausted. And, you know, eventually it came out that Prince Charles had been cheating on her the entire time. In this movie, Ooh, Charles, this takes Ooh. place sometime the movie takes place sometime around 87, 88. And we are being shown that um, Diana knows already of the affair. And she has to deal with something, with, with, with things like uh, her husband giving her the same necklace that he gave his mistress. And that's Fuck something that, that shit, she, she literally carries worst. that. Literally that's- and figuratively, she carries it on her shoulders the entire movie. Fucking dumbass. <laughs> I'm sorry. You do not okay, gift the same thing. You do not. Okay, I don't know Idiot how to with deal the with a mistress. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's not even cute. But, sorry. I, well, neither's the mistress. But anyways. Yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't hate Camille. Sorry. I'm invested in this. I grew up knowing this. Like, if you ask my mom, she would have even more opinions. It's like, this is secondhand. <laughs> I, I, think, I think everybody has more opinions about it. Like, yeah, on, on just the surface only. Uh, you know? Well, yeah. Given surface only. Because, like, there might be people who defend it. Like, oh, no. The marriage was political. But I, they really loved I each have, other. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck that shit. They're ugly. All period. royal marriages are yet, political. I have yet to be, I have yet to meet somebody who's willing to defend that, though. Uh, somebody on the internet, what? probably. There'll probably, always be somebody on the, in the internet. Some edge That's right. I don't Look, know. okay, maybe, That's where I read those lost, comments. I'm not even going to go with love because Charles once famously asked, uh, answered when somebody asked him if he was still in love with Diana. He's like, whatever that means. Whatever being in love actually means. Asshole. So, I guess, you know, lust is blind. I mean, look at Camilla. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's got to be a nicer way to say that, you know. Uh, no, no, no. Look, he's a preppy boy. He grew up all prim and proper. You know, he probably knows how to play polo. She probably reminds him of his childhood. You know, good for a ride. But anyways. Um, okay. Um, but even... Even in, you know, the first five, six years of their marriage, people were beginning to notice things. And things that seemed innocent at the time, in retrospect, started to look suspect later on. Like the Prince Charles and Princess Diana visited the set of the then-current James Bond movie, it was Living Daylights. Um, and Princess Diana was encouraged by, um, was egged on by the media to smash a prop champagne bottle on Charles' head, which made headlines the next day. She like smashed it over his head and he was smiling the whole time. And I that made headline news. It. 
But I would gladly do that with a real champagne bottle. A, cu- a couple of years later, when people knew they were having troubles, they're like, oh, she wanted to do that the whole time. Girl, but, I don't blame <clears throat> you. The the few times that Charles gets to speak in this movie, he's just a utter and complete douche. Dude, it was one of okay, remember when I mentioned that there were just so many so many moments in this movie that it was just so uneasy? Like that conversation he had with her when she told her to suck it up and not regurgitate her food. Yeah, because a lot of people went through a lot of effort. Okay, I don't know if you oh have health God, problems. That was, Mental health problems. Okay, I don't know what you what train of thought he was he, he was on because when you see somebody puking with food, the first thought is, "Are you okay? Are you sick? Do you mm-hmm. want?" This? It's not like suck it up, eat it, because you know lots of b- little bees have worked and sacrificed their lives to make their honey and make your food. Dude, no, something's clearly wrong with your wife. Go check up on her. Ask her what's wrong. Exactly. It was, just, it was so cringy and. Uneasy to watch that, that 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 whole conversation. I mean, that, like that small conversation, but it's just so just so impactful because of what it meant to their marriage, right? And looking at it um, in a more big picture way, that that interaction was uh, already said so much. But for Diana to actually gaslight herself enough to say to tell her son, "Let me know when I'm going when I'm being crazy." Yep. Yep. When in fact that it's not your fault. Yep. It's, you're telling you're you're telling your son, okay, tell me when I'm being crazy. But in fact, there's actually something really wrong, and you, your problems are not being addressed by the people causing your problems. And mm-hmm. to be that messed up <coughs> to think that it's all your fault after probably years of people telling you you're the one in the wrong, you're the one with the problem, you fix it. That's just something messed I, up, man. Something I saw was. Um, one of the, her bodyguards actually told this story. He said, and this has been backed up by lots of people who actually worked on the estates, um, was that whenever that she would spend time with them over the holidays, because everything was so regimented, everything was so scheduled, everything was so compartmentalized, down to what outfits they got to wear at different times <laughs> of the day, oh down to God. what sequence of who goes into which room at what time, and what activities they're going to do, what they can talk about, what they can't talk about, and all those things. Um, <laughs> They said that for her being in those places at those times, it was like purgatory and, you know, she would be climbing the walls. But she only kept going back because of her children, because that was their family, too. Yeah, actually, that's that's the those are the moments that gave me the most relief. Which I think was the point of the whole treatment of the movie. Because like for most part, for the most part, like 80% of it, you can feel her suffocation. You can feel the tension. You can feel how all the tiniest rules will just get to her, like under her skin so much. But during the times that when, when she's with her sons, when she's with like little Harry and little William, that's mm-hmm. when you feel the relief, the little tinge of happiness that she has because right. of the kids. So it's, yep. uh, I it, really it was, felt it. It was one of those moments Kasina, where she could actually be herself or be, be you yes. know, be, be truthful about how she felt. Like mm-hmm. that one scene where they were playing the, that game of soldiers yeah. where she would so kind of cute. lose her accent Aww. and speak faster. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be no, fair, she was playing a character playing a character. Yes, but <laughs> you know. But but yeah, but you know, going back to the point, it was one of the times where she could be, you know, truthful about yes. how she felt. But 
still being careful because she was talking to her kids, yes. you know, trying to protect them. No pretense, way. no masks, mm. it, no, no, no um, um, ceremony. Yeah, and, and I like, I kind of like the idea that the kids kind of knew that there was something wrong with their mom, and mm. through that game, they right. kind of expressed their concern. Yeah, but you know, even the kids had their, <laughs> their kids. Her kids had their own hang-ups. Remember when, yeah. um, when, when, when one of them asks William, you know, um, do you do you want to be king? And his answer, spot on. His kids like what twelve at the time, thirteen. I have no choice. He's all like, I, I don't have a choice. <laughs> so it doesn't. He knows that this mm. is their lot in life, and Wormtail crystallizes that later <laughs> on. Fine. Timothy Spall. You know what? You beat me to it. I thought I would be the first one to say Wormtail or at least Peter Pettigrew, but you beat me to it. I wanted to claim it. Damn it. Wormtail, okay. Wormtail who looks like he hasn't eaten since the release of the Deathly Hallows. Um, Oh my god. I think I hated him in this movie too, you know. But uh, he was—he didn't turn out—he didn't turn out to be that bad at the end. Well, yeah, not Ish. not bad. Okay, okay. Ish. So, like, for the so, most part, still hateable. Okay, so Timothy Spall, Wormtail, Wormtail the rat, <laughs> true, is, is um one of the staff of the house who's been assigned to make sure that Princess Diana behaves this during this holiday. Now. She's told to her face that it's to protect her from the media, but actually it's there. He's there to protect the royal family from her and all the things that she would do with her crazy ideas. What did you guys what what can you guys say about him? I mean, we're no, let's but- let's talk about the secondary characters. Christian Stewart is amazing, but you, then you have people like Wormtail. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I thought I thought he was effective in this in Very. this movie. Mm. But you know, he just added to the, you know, for the lack of a better term, the inis that you would feel if you were there, because he added to the fact that everything was so overbearing already. The tone of the movie, you know, was just it felt so uneasy, and he just added another layer to that because he was just there, just stalking. Like she even that flat was his out job. That was his job. She flat yeah. She even flat out mentions that you know it was his job to. Watch. Babysit, yeah, the babies. I mean, or breathe down her neck. And he put things into context. What I was saying earlier, he really does put things into context when he tells her that sometimes mm-hmm. when he thinks about how fucking crazy all the things around him are happening, because he used to be a soldier, he used to be in you know in 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 battle zones and all those things. He remembers. He remembers that he made an oath to the crown, not to the queen, not to the king but to the crown, which means he holds it above himself and it doesn't matter what his personal feelings are. And that the sooner (laughs) (laughs) as a death eater, he made his oath to he who must not be named. And the sooner that Princess Diana gets on board with that, Oh bed. my god. I just I just had this visual of I'm sorry, but the queen has worn things Umbridge has worn. <laughs> now that you think about it, I can totally imagine the queen in like her tweed and pink with a tiny little hat. Okay, just saying. Yeah, but she's got a nose. <laughs> <laughs> I said Umbridge, not Voldemort. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. But 
Really? I mean, I kind of got where he was coming from. <laughs> as... The king, on the other hand, looks yeah. more like Voldemort. <laughs> Dude, he looks like one. He looked like the Death Eaters got done with him. Wait, what? <laughs> Death Eaters? Death Eaters or Dementors? Dementors. Oh, right. Dementor. Okay, fine. Like, how many times did you get a Dava Kadavra at Prince Philip? I mean, really, look at him. <laughs> This oh episode God. can never be released in the UK. <laughs> Do we have like VPN options where we don't release this in the UK? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <sighs> it's like, so how many deadly curses they hit you with? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> All of them? <laughs> How long have you been in Azkaban, sir? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Many bad jokes later. <laughs> Which of the corgis oh. is a horcrux? <laughs> Wait, how many corgis does she have now? <laughs> oh, my God. Is she down to her last horcrux? <laughs> <laughs> Are we done? Are we good? Did we get it all out? Are, are we good? Can we continue with the movie? I think it's out of our systems. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So on the one hand, I, I, I understand where Wormtail is coming from in respecting the institution and not necessarily thinking about the people contained therein um, because she knew what she signed up for. She married into it. This is not news to her. But I think he's not completely without a heart. He can see that this is eating her up inside. As much as he tells her to suck it up, on some level, he empathizes. He's not yes. entirely evil, I think. I think that was that one scene that kind of like gave me more to work with. Like, you know, to make kind of make me forgive his character. Like, oh, some words of wisdom. So mm-hmm. Yeah, he was trying to understand <clears throat> her her issues. He was basically telling her that this is your duty. You know, mm-hmm. suck it up. You don't have to like it. Um, he's the one element that humanizes the entire institution because he's part mm-hmm. of the system, right? Yes. And uh, we have all these frigid rules and everybody really forcing Diana to go by these rules. But him showing a tinge of empathy for yes. her kind of like makes you think that, okay, at least we can say that not the whole British royalty is bad. There will always be people on her side or at least un- who understand her despite having to do the opposite. And there is something like that. Um, well, we're, as long as we're <laughs> talking about ancillary characters, side characters, we have a little bit of an upstairs-downstairs dynamic yeah. that we're familiar with from shows like Downton Abbey. And um, the chef really puts things in perspective when Diana, in a moment of weakness, you know, they're talking. She just needs somebody to talk to. Yeah. And yes. he tells her, you sure you want to be doing that? Because every fucking thing that comes out of your mouth is currency down here. We, mm-hmm. we trade stories about you people. You sure you yeah. want to be talking to me? Mm-hmm. I like the fact that he was being honest to her about it. Yeah. And Absolutely. It, it kind of, yeah, and it kind of like gave you like the bad guy from Mission Impossible 
yeah. kind of like, yeah, you know, kind of like started talking to her like an actual human being. Because at one point during the conversation, he addressed her as Diana. He didn't even address her as your highness or, mm-hmm. you know, or princess. He just says Diana straight up. Diana, are you sure do you want to be doing that? Yeah. I, I think a lot of that goes towards the whole British psyche with regards to their view on the royal family. They know, they know, they, they know conceptually that the, the royal family, the queen, the princesses, the princes, the king, whatever, these are all at this point ceremonial titles. They don't actually hold any actual, you know, power, but they respect the institution for all of its flaws because it's part of what makes them them. But, you know, something that doesn't get enough notice, which I, I think I enjoy about this film, is that it shines a light on that, you know, it is hella stressful to be scrutinized every second of every day. Yeah. And to think that everything's going to be made so public, um, given that you're having mar- marital problems, you're um, going through a fucking divorce, you have bulimia, and like add the factor that the whole world's watching you. Absolutely. The, wor- the whole world has expectations. So that's yeah. definitely going to come crashing down on you, mm-hmm. especially if you feel that nobody's on your side. Like it's you just, yes. you have your sons, maybe you have. Um, one person on your team, Maggie, your dresser, mm-hmm. who you trust and love, but then she's, you know, assigned somewhere else because you're getting too close. Alam mo yun, yung parang, tangin na wala na nga ako kakampi, tatang, ano, kukunin nyo pa sa akin yung kakampi ko, parang ganun. You could really see that suffocation she's going through. And man, Kristen Stewart really does that acting so well. It's like, I, I watch her and it's like, are you still breathing? Because mm-hmm. I feel, I like, I literally feel the suffocation looking at her. It's like she's not breathing. Didn't she have that whole phase where you know, like, she's known for being an awkward person to interview or to be around with, right? Like maybe like there is a part of you know case to talaga that she brought to the performance, which is why it worked so much because that whole time of that whole the, the whole movie. During this time in Diana's life, it was, you know, a, a very awkward time for her to be in with, with the royal family. So I guess a lot of, she probably drew a lot from her personal experiences because the case too, for a fact, didn't really enjoy all the press attention that she got from being in the Twilight movies. Yeah, because if, well, I, I do adore Kristen Stewart. <laughs> we already know that. It's just going to be a thirst portion. Uh Actually, the weird thing is, the, the here's the thirst, the irony of the thirst here. The irony um, of the thirst. <laughs> so I go into this… That's an awful title for a sex tape. Uh, the irony of the thirst. Okay, I go into this a huge Kristen Stewart fan slash apologist thinking, la, oh no, I'm just going to have the hots for her this entire time, which is probably why I'm watching it in the first place. Mm-hmm. But she was just that effective as Diana. That for the entirety of the movie, there was no thirst. There was no thirsting for Kristen here. <laughs> this it, is, I am seeing a mother in turmoil, in complete turmoil. I That's what to I'm give her a, I wanted to give her a hug. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Or like, it's just like, I want to, I, I want to whisk you away. Like, are you okay? Like, yeah. Uh, and so, <laughs> something you touched upon, you touched upon how she pretty much lost her entire sense of privacy. For a while with the Twilight well, and all that privacy. privacy. But privacy. that's something that she shares with Diana. And look at the time period it takes place. The mid to late 80s is when 
24 news cycle really started. This is when channels like CNN, CNN came into their own. So people were hungry for, and excuse the word, for content. And the royal family, every little move they made, all these little scandals. Um, you mentioned that you were young enough to be cognizant of what was going on at the time. I'm a little mm-hmm. bit older, so I would see these tabloids <laughs> because my, 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 my grandmother loved reading these trashy American tabloids and yeah. they, they, they just reported on this stuff mercilessly. Like, yep. Charles spent the weekend at Camilla's. Or, oh, why, yeah, is Di- yeah. why is Diana alone this weekend? Like, yeah, things dude, like that. I, it was terrible. I remember terrible. These, these tabloids. We'd go to the grocery and you'd mm-hmm. see them by the counter. Us exactly. People yeah. magazine. Yeah, yeah, they ate these. it up. Because yeah. she wasn't even a person to them anymore. She was just content. And, and you know, for a, for a while, that was also Kristen Stewart's life. Like, exactly. after Twilight. After Twilight, this whole... Uh, the, her romance with the Robert Pattinson, the cheating scandal. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. she was, she was being, well, she did cheat and she did admit to that and she mm-hmm. um, apologized for it. But she was slut shamed to the max, mm-hmm. even to the point of Donald Trump himself tweeting more than 10 times about how much of a scumbag she is. That's, you That's have ironic, a isn't it? You have yeah. a point. She has gone through this bullshit. Yeah. Just, so, I think it helped her internalization of the character and, you know, mm-hmm. the, the just the sheer frustration of being unable to make a move to yeah. the point where um, little things with your kids to feel normal um, just are, help you to stay sane. Like, there's a bit in the movie where she takes her kids to go out for fast food. Apparently, that's something the real Diana actually did. She would scandalize the staff by taking her kids out for McDonald's. The chef would beg her. It's like, we can make hamburgers. No, no, they want the toy. So, you know, <laughs> she would find reasons and ways to show her kids that there was a world outside of all of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what she's known for? Like, um, Diana was actually known for being the, the rule breaker. She was right? the, the people's princess because yeah, she, exactly. she she broke um, all Tradition. of their traditions, all of their rules. And the more she did it, the more people loved her. Yes. Even if it was something as simple as visiting an AIDS ward and shaking a patient's hand without a glove back in the days when nobody knew if you could catch it by touching somebody. Yep. Yeah. You know, did she you would even, make a statement by doing things like that. You even remember that one time she went through a landmine, she walked through a land uh, landfield. Sorry, she walked through a landfield. That, a minefield, yeah. That was a minefield. The... Sorry, I just forgot. She, and there yeah. was that one time I remember where she walked through a minefield. No, like, I think I think she visited, but yeah, the fact that she was there at all that that was mm-hmm. huge. You know, you see this this petite, you know, well dressed woman like with full bomb armor. So she she was not afraid to go out there and get her hands dirty quote unquote mm-hmm. you know doing things that one would never imagine the traditional royals would do mm-hmm. Let, let's talk about the direction okay mm-hmm. um pablo lorraine has um done biopics before he did jackie with natalie portman who did a fantastic job as a former first lady um of jfk and that also gave us an insight um, into that 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 person's psyche. Um, he does it a little bit differently here in Spencer. Um, let, let's talk about the elements that worked or, or didn't work for you guys with getting into her head. I was really happy to see the treatment 
um, this time, this being, like we said, whimsical in the same way Black Swan was. Oh, God. But, um, <laughs> but tone down. Tone down. Yeah, yeah sure, yes, sure. Yes. Sure. Um, but since this was all like a little bit of a fantasy, little bit, since Mm-mm. this is her si- a look into her psyche, Mm-mm. I appreciated this treatment. I appreciated that it wasn't your typical biopic, which was like, a sequence of an e- of events like oh this is how she became famous or this is right. how uh, her marriage crumbled you know and this was actually just a, a zoom in into three very short days or yep. actually to yep. her it'll feel like forever even just mm-hmm. three days and you were able to feel that mm-hmm. so I was glad to see this kind of treatment because Kristen Stewart has done biopics before if, if you know if you've seen Seaberg from 2019 she's done that. The Runaways yeah, the Runaways too. That was also uh, why the hell uh, did I call it Cherry Bomb? Song <laughs> Cherry Bomb, idiot. Yeah. Oh, I I really like the Runaways though. Yes. So you yes. know you've seen her in a couple of biopics already, playing two different people, and oh, I know she really did embody Joe and Jet mm-hmm. very well. Yes. Also, which is a testament to how great of an actress she is. So you already have those two kinds of biopics, where which were sequences of events. Mm-hmm. So I was. At, at first worried like oh no another biopic for case two but this one worked because of the treatment i i completely agree with you because it's it's pablo lorraine wasn't afraid to take risks mm-hmm. with this one yes. um he wasn't afraid to change certain things it's just his understanding or his it's how he absorbed the story of diana and maybe he just wanted to tell you how how that can affect a person's mental state you know being you're having so much challenges while being under a microscope. It, it, it just it's, it's it's just enough to drive you insane. Like adding to the treatment, I like the way his visual his vision was translated with how the camera was uh, how the shots were made. Because somehow it kind of his choice of being so invasive. Like it, it, there were there would be shots where it's just handheld and you, it's just mm-hmm. so close up. Yeah, it's just in your face or in Diana's face. Mm-hmm. And it's just so uneasy because you see all her her facial expressions, how difficult it was for her to just be there, you know. And then there were certain shots that reminded me of Clockwork Orange. Um, uh, you know, just maybe it's because it's it's a story about her descent into madness, or you know, or a story about her mental condition. You know, mm-hmm. Claire Mason, the cinematographer for this movie, actually did a great job of you know making certain shots feel. It, you know, claustrophobic. somehow claustrophobic and just being, you know, something difficult to watch. Um, I just want to talk about the scoring of this movie. Um, the movie was scored or music, the movie's music was composed by Johnny Greenwood, uh, the guitarist of Radiohead. And I like the way the, how this, the music translated into that weekend was like for for diana in in a way now you, you know how viol- the use of violins and the, that the the, mm. the the use of violence and that kind of string instruments or mm-hmm. those kinds of mm-hmm. string instruments should should um translate to elegance and class mm. but then the way certain uses the certain scoring for some scenes would be when it, it comes to those difficult moments is it's a more distorted version or he would play it yes. in, in a different yeah. pitch. Yes. It just added a different layer of unease. It, it felt claustrophobic yeah. somehow. 
Mm-hmm. Like, remember that tama, the, the string instrument analogy is perfect because mm. uh, when you mentioned strings, um, yeah, uh, they are actually associated with maybe like romance or class. Mm-hmm. But then exactly. what I was imagining was that, you know, when you're t- fine-tuning a string instrument, yeah. and the string gets tighter and tighter yes. and tighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Parang yung tension na feel yep. ko. That's, tapos, that was, yeah. Yeah, tapos I think also parang yung playing it off-key. Yeah. I don't know if they were playing it off-key or just, it just sounded so distorted. Like, iba yung distortion. Like, it's so different when you play a, uh, a guitar that's distorted. But if if it's a violin, they're probably playing it off-key. Like, it would add na parang, may mali. Like, yeah. there's something wrong. There's something different about this. Like, like suddenly, that one, it's, it's so shrill and it'll yeah. hurt your ears. Yep. I think, that one scene where they're having dinner and she tried to, to pull that pearl necklace off yeah. and it all falls into her soup. Yeah. Oh my God. That was just like cringe the whole time. Yeah. That was when all the scoring just I, stood out to me. Mm-hmm. I think it, yeah, it really set the scene for the whole movie in that, you know, there's this veneer of elegance. But if you go deeper than that, it's just also horribly twisted and unnerving mm. from what one would assume it to be or what it's supposed to be theoretically yeah but uh, something it, else that I liked about it was it wasn't any one specific kind of music they would mix and match styles just to show how erratic also her mindset was over these three days yeah mm. and to even get the line out of Diana I would like to masturbate <laughs> it was just like so offbeat as well. It's like it's something you n- would never expect. I'd never expected that line from this movie either. Yeah, like, that's just how fed up she is. That yes. she would tell somebody that she Absolutely. wants to masturbate just so they could fuck off. Yeah. Like, damn. I am so glad that she used the wire cutters to try to escape and not actually masturbate with them. Oh, God. Mm, mm. That, that That's a different movie altogether. No, yeah. no. Because no, 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 no. that would not end well. Bladed instruments the, never end well. But nope. the curtain thing was really annoying too. So I would have blown my top. Yes, it that, was. With, yes. with that whole issue. It's for too. your protection. <gasps> and I also want to um, touch on the color grading of this. Yeah. It actually yes. looks like it hasn't yes. been color graded. It's so raw. Yes, it looks very there, raw. Yes. There is no amount it's of so gloss. Yeah, it is. It's so flat. So that already speaks volumes on how powerful the visuals are. You did you did not need assistance of color. Yes. And at the same time, it's also show, showing rawness. Yes. I, I think um, it, aside from the whimsical bits that we mentioned, the fan- fantasy sequences, there are bits where she starts to um, feel a kinship, for example, with Anne Boleyn. You know, she starts seeing the ghost of Anne Boleyn while yeah. she's in the house. Um it's um, aside from those whimsical, fantastical bits, I think the rawness that you guys mentioned helps in establishing how real this is in that there's nowhere for her to hide. Um, yeah. you're, you're, you're so into her head, you're so close up, you're so on, you're fly on the wall to the point that it's voyeuristic at times. Yes. Like in her most private, unguarded moments. Like when she's getting changed or when she's in the shower and she's just dreading the second that she has to exit the room. Her yeah. moments you know? when she's having her bouts of bulimia. Yes. Bulimia, mm-hmm. Those were just like 
but mm. the shots were beautiful. Like, the, yeah. what the hell, man? Uh, it, it even has iconic imagery. Even the poster where yes, she's… Uh, that's the, the amazing. The poster with, where you can see her like crouching over with a dress. Little do you know, when you actually see the movie, she was over a fucking toilet puking her guts out. I was like but amazed was when I realized… Beautiful. Yeah. Yep. When you realize yep. what you're looking at, you're like, holy crap. Yeah, dude. And you just feel so bad for her, you know. Mm-hmm. She's and the movie is makes no makes no bones about it. Like there's very very little di- to differentiate between her and the pheasants, the game pheasants that you know her kids are gonna go hunting the next day. You know she th- those birds were just groomed, grown, and prepared for a specific purpose. And she likewise, as the princess to the crown prince. She has her purpose and she's not allowed to deviate from that in any way. And she wants Ooh, out. Heavy stuff, man. And also, you mm. the, since this will have those fantasy-like moments, like her somehow meeting Anne Boleyn or her ripping during the dinner, um, at the dinner table, her ripping apart that said, said necklace, also like um, dropping it to the, to the food and eating it. Like, that was there are so moments, painful. Yeah, there are moments where you don't know if it's actually, you don't know a if hallucination it's hallucination or yeah, not. Or yeah, you don't know if it's real mm. or not. But at the same time, they don't differentiate it so much. They don't obviously tell you which one yeah. is real and which yes. one isn't because yeah. it's telling you this is all real to her. All the feelings that yes. she's going through, these yes. are real. Not not this is not hallucination just because it's a hallucination and doesn't yeah, make it less real. Someone- Sorry, but uh, apparently even some of the more fantastical bits have some elements of reality. So while it's true that the estate they were on was like right near next to the estate where she grew up um, until her teenage years, you know, she never actually crossed over in the middle of the night to visit her old home. But she apparently did try to commit suicide off the steps during one holiday with the royal family. So it's just... Think of it like a remix of historical events. Mm-hmm. <laughs> remix. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but yeah, like, again, like, like, like that one scene with the pheasants, like that one cathartic scene where she pulls her kids away from tradition. Right. That didn't happen. But she did. I mean, it's been reported and it's, it's a fact that she's expressed that she didn't like the idea of her children hunting. Yeah. That's why she had to tell or instruct the royal photographers to not take photos of her children while they were hunting for instance. Yes. She's, yeah. She's known for that. Um, I think we're more or less aligned in what we liked about it. Um, is there anything you guys would have done differently? No. Honestly, no. No. It, it was as perfect as it could be <laughs> in, my, in, in my opinion. Um, there is a part of me which wants to know what is real and what isn't. Like, Especially Mm-mm. her her uh, handmaids, Maggie. Um, Mm-mm. there was this angle uh, towards the end where she confesses her love for Diana. Yes, and you know, just this is probably just the Marites side of me mm-hmm. who's been so engrossed and 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 or grew mm-hmm. up on all this royal chismes. Just me wanting to know what if this is real, if this happened. But at the same time, it tells me that I have no right to know. Because this is her mind. This is her life. That's true. That's true. So this, it's, it just gives me this internal conflict of just like wanting to know the truth. But I need to accept that I will never know it and I have no right to it. 
Yes. It's a it's a good point. It's a good point. So like, well, oh, this is real. Like, not to you burst your not, not to burst your I would confess my love to Kristen Stewart. Not too. to burst your yeah. bubble. <laughs> of course you would. Or happily be her maid. But um, I was gonna say that not to burst your bubble, but um, yes. apparently she's not based on any one specific person, but she is mm-hmm. based on a lot of interviews that the staff did, the the, the 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 creative team did for the movie in part as part of their research, and it it, it I like mm-hmm. that they use this um, amalgam character, this Maggie, to show her that she is deserving of love, that she can be loved, and that there is love outside of the walls of the royal family, and that I it, it really hit me that note at the end, you know, that you know I love you and I'm not the only one, so. That's true. I, Sorry. <laughs> I like I really like that. That was that was good yeah. shit. Uh nice. I don't think I would it's change so I don't think I would change anything either cuz I I, yeah. I like a film that knows what it wants to do, it knows what kind of story it wants to tell and how to tell it and then it goes for it. And it's not often you see something that comes out so fully formed. And I I really like the way this one came out. Yeah, it's so I have, good. Yeah, I I have nothing to change about. I enjoyed it, although it even if it was a difficult watch because of how uneasy it made me feel. But mm-hmm. it, it was a good movie. Like, nothing to change. Except for the fact that I wanted KFC. because of. Oh, oh my God. No, you gotta remind <laughs> me. I want KFC too. Why do we always I was okay to without seeing KFC. No, I, I want KFC. KFC. I wonder if they got sponsored by KFC. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they order in, in, in Britain. It's like three times chicken, three times fries. I was confused about chips, that. Cola. Chips. 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 You got chips. <laughs> chips. But no, wait. Sorry. I was confused chips. because like she ordered three times everything, but they still got a bucket in the end. So no, well, they didn't. There was a box. Harry had a bucket. Harry Weasley had a bucket. Harry Weasley. <laughs> Harry Weasley. <laughs> Look at him. Um, He's so ginger Conan O'Brien is offended. I'll watch it again just to figure it, you know, just to fact check on the bucket or box thing. No, like seriously. But you know what? I like that ending. Um, yes. While that's not necessarily the whole truth or the exact moment when she realized that she needed to get out of the royal family for the purposes of this story and the film that they wanted to make, um, it works very well. The same way that ending on Live Aid did with Bohemian Rhapsody. It's not mm-hmm. entirely the truth, but it frames everything with a perspective that I think works. Yeah. And as on the nose as it might seem, I really like the ending song. Mm-hmm. Like her, that little moment of Diana and her kids singing along to All I Need is a Miracle. Yes. While yes. driving away from that godforsaken castle when yes. finally mm-hmm. she gets that moment to breathe and leave everything behind. Yeah, when she finally yep. gets that one cathartic moment mm-hmm. in her life. Yeah, that felt yeah. so good. And you could also see that that freeing moment is still with her sons, which really yes, puts absolutely. motherhood above everything else above royalty, above her responsibilities as a princess, quote-unquote. I'm still a mom and this Mm -hmm. is how I want my kids to live their life. Normal. We're eating KFC. They could do whatever the fuck they want. We're not going to waste their childhoods. We can have shitty Christmas gifts if we want to. Yes. Now get back into Porsche 911 and um, (laughs) we'll live our normal lives. (laughs) 
Oh man. But, but yeah, all, yeah. All, all, yeah, good shit. Good shit. Mm-hmm. I really hope that she wins something at this Academy Awards. Yeah. At this yeah. same, same. Well, she's got really tight competition this year. And I'm, I'm saying that uh, everybody uh, deserves to be on that nominee list. But like, since she wasn't nominated at the BAFTAs for a good reason, because this is probably like one big middle finger to the, royal, uh, mm-hmm. the royals at this point. But you know yeah. what? She deserves it. They're like, we got to put up with the crown. Now you got to give us this. <laughs> it's like, uh, just give it to Kristen Stewart. Oh my God. That's, but that's me. No, no, no. I'm with you on that. I, 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 I totally agree. Like, uh, I haven't seen the other movies the other nominees are in, but yeah, give it to Christmas away. <laughs> Just, you know, she's, she's going to go through a lot of shit from the royals after that. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I, like, I from Charlie's nothing, Angels to this. Right? I think if nothing else, if nothing else, this shows a wider audience that she does have the range to be taken seriously. It's, you know, she's Fuck way yeah. more than the sparkly vampires. In the same way that The Lighthouse did wonders for Robert Pattinson in people taking him seriously. It took a few years, but people are now taking them seriously. I don't know. I've been taking Kristen Stewart seriously since um, The Runaways, probably. Same here. She was was amazing. That was a great movie. I I can like start thirsting now and name drop all the movies I loved her in. Cafe Society, I loved her in... uh, Personal also shopper. Good. I loved her in uh, Charlie's Angels. She carried the entire thing. Not so good, but I loved her in that movie. Yeah, she, she was carried the only good thing that in that movie. movie. Yeah. She was the only good True. thing in that movie. Sorry. And mm-hmm. maybe Princess Jasmine. Fine. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, Princess Jasmine was good also. <laughs> Naomi, what? What? Right. Campbell. Campbell. That is the model. <laughs> no! No. Balikad. The hell? We we're both wrong. <laughs> Her name? Never mind. Princess Let's, Jasmine. Uh, we'll just stick with Princess Jasmine. Oh my god. And Grima and no, sorry, not Grima Wormtail. No! Petty Stop it! Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, Kristen Stewart loved her ever since, and I am so happy that she gets this Oscar recognition. Damn straight. <laughs> sorry, Lady Gaga fans. She took the slot. <laughs> Go case two. Woo, go case two. I don't know what to sing, so I'm just gonna campaign for case two. Woo! Okay. you do that. Joke lang. So Woo, let us know what you thought about Spencer in the comments. Kristen Stewart delivers a tour de force performance, proving once and for all that she is deserving of our attention. And she's shining a light on a very serious set of issues. Mental health, dealing with your family, and yes. trying to survive in a very rigid structure. This is not Encanto. This is like like heavier than that. Oh. But, you know, we had a great time with Spencer. And we want to yes, know what you guys did. think. <clears throat> Look us up on Instagram, sub underscore auteurs. And also on Facebook, join our group, Sub Auteurs. We like movies. Until the next episode, thank you so much for joining us. We are your hosts. I'm Misha. (laughs) Shade as well on another family, but in another country. But yes, my name is Maggie. Somewhere closer to home. I guess the North never forgot, but okay. (laughs) Solid, solid, solid. Solid. Mm.
Mm-hmm. Ang blap 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 Ganda nung ano, filter ng mic mo. Ang kulay niyan. <laughs> it's what? What color is that? Pink. Ah, uh, I'm just not getting it. There's something wrong with my earpiece. <laughs> last, okay, last ko na to. <laughs> Prince Charles looks like Dobby the house elf. <laughs> He actually does. He does, right? He does. It makes sense. Wala lang, sorry. Although Dobby was nicer. Pero ugaling creature. Uh-uh. Alfred E. Newman. Pwede rin. Gago. Oh my God. Free elf. That's exactly what he said when they got divorced. Instead of divorce papers, she gave him a sock. <laughs> a royal song. Tama na, tama na. It's recorded na. <laughs>